welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. center your heart man worship this morning was was just unbelievable i love that song love the truths of the throne room song and the face-to-face song i mean that's all pushing us forward into what we're talking about this morning in discipleship destiny and we're in the series where where uh we are trying to multiply things and the question is what are you multiplying and what should we be multiplying Last week, we talked about multiplying your kingdom identity, your identity in Christ. This week, we're talking about multiplying your destiny in Christ, your discipleship destiny in Christ. And and there's a particular ordering there, right? We need to figure out that we need to discover our identity in Christ first and our destiny in Christ in order to influence our city and the world. That's our mission statement. That's our vision statement. And so we're going to really focus in on discipleship destiny this morning and want to kick it off let's have some fun this morning I want to kick it off with a, a question for you guys I just want to know what you wanted to be when you were growing up so populate that feed tell me what you wanted to be when you're growing up what's what's when you know when someone asked you the question what did you what what do you want to be when you grow up what did you say for me uh, this won't surprise you if you know me well uh, it may surprise you if you don't. Uh, I wanted to be an actor growing up, right? I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be center stage in the limelight. Right? <laughs> I get, a, I got a few smirks in studio here. Uh, I, I wanted to be. I, I just loved. Uh, I loved. I don't know. Since I was four, I started doing plays, and I think Frosty the Snowman was the first one, and musical theater, and. Taking theater lessons and acting lessons, things things like that. I thought that was my my path for a while, um, and I, I loved it. I loved everything uh, about that, and uh, so that was me. Want to be an actor growing up? So let's see, let's see what you guys said in the feed on what you want to be growing up. Okay, so we have Cora said artist, which I would say artist. She's still I, I'd kind of say yeah. yeah, I'd say Cora, you're you, you, you've, you've fulfilled that there. right. Um, Julia said a veterinarian or astronaut. Oh, no. I, wow. Yeah. That's really cool. We have another astronaut. Shang said astronaut, too. He wanted to go to the oh, moon. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Emerson loves space. Yeah. She, she also said astronaut at one point. She did. Yep, she did. Cindy said doctor. Oh, wow. I mean, Cindy Cindy has a nursing background. Yep. yep. So, she, th- yeah, that's... She's doing, yeah. Yep. That's the same field. Archie just said I wanted to be rich. <laughs> I didn't care how. <laughs> yeah, we found that about you this we, morning, we Archie. We did, yes. <laughs> uh, Jamie says teacher. Um, Jamie said teacher? Yep. Oh, great. Um, Theo says Toronto Maple Leaves winning a Stanley Cup. Well, <laughs> that was Toronto Maple Leaf, rather. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leaf winning Stanley Well, even if you were Toronto Maple Leaf, Theo... I don't know if you'd be winning a Stanley Cup. Ooh, ouch. Well, we'll see. Maybe yeah. this year with the Canadian division, it'll be, it'll be a little <laughs> different. Uh, Joycelyn, so many things. An archaeologist. 
Because she liked digging and finding treasure. I'm, I'm love that. Like, love that. A carpenter. She wanted to build tree houses. Oh, wow. Tree houses. That's cool. Um, oh, Patricia, another teacher. <laughs> Laura says an adult. Still working on it. <laughs> still, still working. Aren't we all, Laura? <laughs> yeah. Um, Jonathan Colmar said architect. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, Chelsea said as a kid, a teacher, a teen, an acoustic engineer. Oh, to huh. combine her love of math and music. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, Fancy. I would, like People who had some high aspirations growing up. I know. <laughs> um, man, so many. This is so cool. Um, Daniel wanted to be a chef. Okay. Um, I mean, we keep on hearing Daniel has awesome cooking skills. We've tasted it maybe once. Yeah, a couple times. Yeah. But we want to say more of that. Waiting to be blown away. I guess he is in the peanut butter business, I, he, right? He's doing like, it. Yeah, he's of, doing yeah, it. You're right. Food science area. Um, Cecile wants to be a, wanted to be a singer on a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's like really funny. That's funny because you hear like American Idol and Simon say, "Oh, you're a cruise ship singer." But yeah. how amazing would that gig be? Man, like, I know. That's like that. That'd be that's pretty. pretty cool. That'd be a pretty cool job. Like you sail around the world and you get to do what you love and sing. And I, yeah. I, I love that. I should have thought about that. No surprises awesome. here. Kelly wanted to be an actor too. Yeah, yeah. Knew that I, one. I, I, we knew that was coming. I feel ya. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we should start our own um, improv group, Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Emily says a script writer. She'd write out parts in shows and uh, in plays. That's there we cool. go. There we, you, we Emily will be write the script for you. And, and I guess uh, that's not improv, but you know, you know we can do other okay. stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, you have a job. It's not paid. You have an internship. <laughs> um. Man, we have a lot more. I don't know. Everybody is in here. Um, yeah, keep on going. This is fun. This is fun. I know. We're learning a lot about <laughs> I'm like, people. I don't need a okay. this morning. Let's just talk about um, what people Sarah want to says one of the kids on Sesame Street. I hear you on that. Oh, yeah. That would have been so cool. Sarah C. Sarah, Sarah Kegas, C. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Annie says. <laughs> so funny. Like, that would have been awesome. I know. You can't really be that when you grow up. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah that's just true. It doesn't but change. Yeah. That would have been, been really cool. I like it, though. Annie says, fashion designer, singer, dancer, <laughs> all the things. Yeah, Annie's still, still trying to live out some of, that, yeah. some of those things. Um, Adam says, an artist, specifically painting. Okay, that really? makes sense. Or a video game designer. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like I mean, Adam does boys. paint. He does paint. Um, um, video game designer. Yeah, I thought that was We had two, cool. Susanna and Seth, both said police officer. Really? Yeah. I never knew that about Seth. I and, know. Seth I mean, also said or firefighter. Yeah, wow. And Susanna, that's pretty that's, cool. Um, that's interesting. Sean wow, cool. wants to be YouTuber. Uh, wow, Sean somebody, YouTuber? Yeah. <laughs> Such a <laughs> different what generation. Kind of world we live in I know. That's an occupation. A YouTuber. But New. it is. It is. I, I know. Totally. People, is. People like, make tons of money off of YouTube. Do that well, yeah. Um, Tarun, also artist. Just so many creatives. I love it. Yeah, I love um, that. Laura. An artist has so many different <laughs> applications, too, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Where were you going? Sorry, I cut you um, off. Laura said more seriously, uh, other than being an adult, was a lawyer. I had a lawyer phase in myself. My parents told me I should be a lawyer. You should they have been a lawyer. They kept on pushing that. Yeah, um, I would affirm that. Of my... <laughs> 
argumentation <laughs> debate <laughs> personality. Um, Dayhan says window cleaner. <laughs> like one of those high-rise ones? I, I, it doesn't say. It just says a window uh, probably, cleaner. Probably. Probably not just one of the regular ones. Ooh, I like this. Ariel said wanted to be an Olympic 400-meter runner. Oh. I wanted to be in the Olympics. That was so really going to happen. I know. But I um, love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is cool. Yejin, a sports broadcaster or uh, an elementary teacher? Wow. She loves, yeah, she yeah. loves the Leafs. I know. So she's probably like... Didn't like me with that quip on the on the leaves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Chandler, physiotherapist. Oh. Um, oh, but for one field. of the main Toronto teams, so he can get into the games for free. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's we good. We probably need to get back. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, love that, guys. Love that. Uh, when I was growing up. <clears throat> So yeah, let's let's get back. When I was growing up, I moved from actor to to what Joyson said. I moved to archaeologist. Thank you, Indiana Jones. Uh, moved to archaeologist, then moved to various other things. Um, and really, as I got older, the other things I moved to were centered around getting me as wealthy and as successful as possible. Like I just wanted to. I just wanted to live the dream, right? I mean, that's what life is all about, right? Getting as comfortable and wealthy as possible, earning as much money as you can, and being as, as successful as possible. Well, when I was faced with my discipleship destiny, and this was just out of university, I'd gone to university, I'd done business, I'd focused on advertising and marketing because of that wealth and that success that I wanted to achieve in life, and focused on that through university, just graduated, just proposed to Missy, and I was faced with my discipleship destiny. And it was then I really started to realize that if I was going to follow Jesus, he couldn't just be a part of my life. He, like, I really started to understand that if I was going to follow Jesus, it meant I'd have to carry my cross daily. It meant I'd have to say no to some things in the world, or that they couldn't be first priority. They couldn't be the priority. It meant that I had to not just have Jesus part of my life, but I had to, as Paul says in the scriptures here, that he has to be my life. But when I was faced with that destiny, I said, no, I don't, I don't want that. I pushed, I pushed it away. And it was because, well, my identity and my destiny were rooted in making a lot of money. My identity and destiny were rooted in being successful, whatever that means, right? Um, my identity and destiny were rooted in my own plans that I had set out. And so I said to Jesus, well, why don't you, like, why, why can't I just live a normal life? And then why don't you just be part of that life? Like, I have plans and I prayed about it. Like, these are my plans, I prayed about them. And I feel like I'm not doing anything wrong here. So why don't I just continue on this path and you, Jesus, you be a part of that. And that sounds kind of crazy, right? That I, that I said that to God. Uh, but that's exactly what many of us do. That's exactly what many of us do. We, we have a path 
And in our faith and trying to follow Jesus and trying to, to pair our faith in our vocation, our faith in our work, we say, Jesus, come along and be a part of this with me. I'm just going to live this normal life, you know, seem, you know, with Jesus, and he's going to be a part of it along the way. And I know what you're saying. You might say, you might be saying, well, I've been asking what Jesus wants me to do. I've been asking him. And if I knew what he wanted me to do, well, I would do that. Would you? Like that's actually, if that's your posture, that's great news for us this morning. Because I can tell you exactly what Jesus wants you to do. And I can tell you where to find it. And all we have to do is look in this book. All we have to do is go through these pages and I can tell you exactly what your destiny is. Because guess what? Your destiny is not to be a teacher. Your destiny is not to be a nurse. Your destiny is not to be an architect. Your destiny is not to be an archaeologist or an actor or uh, a teacher or a, a broker or an accountant. That's not your destiny. Your destiny is not to be a pastor. Guys, if that was your destiny, that'd be a pretty crappy destiny, right? I mean, talk about unfulfilling and lackluster. And, and you're talking to someone like, I love what I do, but I only love what I do because my identity and my destiny is found in Christ. And I influence through what I do. I influence through, through leading a church. I, influ I influence through leading the new common. I influence through through uh, teaching courses at, at a seminary. I influence through uh, speaking at conferences. I influence through, through all these ways. But that's not my destiny. Because one day I'm not going to do those things. And if that's taken away from me and that's my destiny, well then where am I, what am I left with? And this morning, I want you to realize that your destiny is not to multiply your teachership is not to multiply your, your nursehood, your accountantship, your, your brokerage. Uh, that's not your destiny. Your destiny is to multiply discipleship. And so this morning, I want you to discover your discipleship destiny so that you can multiply that destiny into other people. So let's go to the scriptures here because um, we got a lot here. So we're not going to go verse by verse like we normally do. We're going to go chunk by chunk. So the first chunk here is, is uh, verses 12 through 14. And it says here, they returned. So the disciples, they just saw Jesus ascend into heaven. The angel said, why are you still standing here? Go and start multiplying your kingdom identity. And the disciples, they go to the upper room and they have to, uh, they have to regroup. They're, they have to, uh, they're, they're huddling, right? If, if you're a, an American football fan, they're, they're huddling, right? They're getting on the same page. They're saying, hey, what's our next play? This is our play, and this is everyone's role in it. Let's, let's get our play together so we're on the same page here. And, and so let's, let's do that, guys. Let's, let's regroup right now uh, together because uh, 
our destiny, our discipleship destiny is a shared destiny. It's shared. Your destiny in Christ is the same as my destiny in Christ, and we share it in Christ Jesus. We're co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs. We're with him. We're with each other in this destiny. So it's shared. So that means how you live out your destiny actually affects how I live it out. So if you've rejected that discipleship destiny and you say you're a follower of Jesus, that affects the rest of the church. Because people hear you say that and they say that doesn't look like what they say theirs looks like. So your destiny and how you live that out and how you've accepted that and discovered it affects us or them. It affects all of us, right? It's, it's a symbiotic relationship here. So uh, it's a shared destiny and it's beautiful, really beautiful, but it's also a bit precarious, isn't it? Because it can be good or bad sometimes, but it's really beautiful if we can discover our true discipleship destiny in Christ, because you're multiplying something. And the question is, do you want to multiply your kingdom identity and your discipleship destiny? Or do you want to multiply the ways of this world? And so let's huddle together right now. Let's regroup. And I want you, if you want to multiply uh, the things of the kingdom, if you want to multiply your discipleship destiny, let's just say that out loud together to make sure we're on the same page. Don't say this if you don't want to do it, uh, but if you really want to discover your discipleship destiny this morning, let's do this together and let's say this out loud together. So let's say, God, I really want to, dis to discover my discipleship destiny this morning in Christ. God, I really want to discover my discipleship destiny this morning in Christ. Amen. Now that's going to happen hopefully this morning, or at least start to happen as we go through this passage. Uh, because what we don't want to multiply are our own heart idols. I don't want to multiply that wealth and that success that I was chasing after before. I want to multiply the things of the kingdom. So let's do that together. Uh, so let's go to the next chunk, verses 15 through 20. Unusual chunk here because it talks about bowels uh, and people and splitting and stuff like that <laughs> gushing out. Uh, but the point of this passage here is Peter, right, he's leading the disciples here. They've just huddled. Now in those days, there's about 120 disciples in all. Now they're not all gathered in the upper room. They're somewhere else right now because the upper room's not that big. And, but they're gathered and, and Peter stands up before them. And he says this before them. He talks about scripture being fulfilled. He talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And he talks about Judas. Why? Why does he talk about Judas here? Well, guys, think about the disciples. They've, they've been through a pretty traumatic experience. I mean, they're everything, Jesus. He just left, right? Now, he's promised them that he's going to send them the Holy Spirit, but but um, they're still waiting for Pentecost. It's right before Pentecost. Now, Jesus has breathed the Holy Spirit on the 11 disciples, right? So, so they're operating the power of the Spirit. But the, the Spirit, where the, what Missy talked about earlier, the exchange of the heart of stone with the heart of the flesh, which is the prophecy back in Ezekiel uh, that's going to happen, and, and in Jeremiah with the new covenant, that's not quite happened yet for everybody, right? That's, that's the next chapter we'll get into next week. So, so, they're, they're still waiting for that. So they've been through this traumatic experience and, and not just with Jesus, but with Judas, 
right? Judas they lived with for three years. He was one of their closest friends and companions, right? And he just betrayed Jesus, like trust broken in the community. Can you resonate with that? Have you ever been in a church community where, where trust was broken? Peter's trying to restore that trust. And he says, Judas here, he received the reward of his wickedness. Why? Well, because if you look in the Gospels, Judas was consumed with two things. He was consumed with money and success. He thought that Jesus could just be a part of his, his normal life, not his actual life. He was consumed with these idols in his heart. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. He sold one of his closest companions out, the one he'd learned the most from, the one he'd spent years going around the countryside and in the wilderness with, and, and not having a place, like all these things he suffered, and he sold them out for 30 pieces of silver. He was consumed with this idol of money and success. He failed to discover his identity and destiny in Christ. And he put it in other things. And Peter says, well, he received the reward for his wickedness. And now let another take office. Another person is going to step up. And so in this, this last chunk here, verses 21 through 26, Peter says, so one of the men who've accompanied us during all the time that Jesus went in and out among us, and he says, this person, he's been with us this whole time, and they're trying to call up another disciple, right? They're calling up a 12th disciple. And he says, he has to be a witness to the resurrection, like we were. Verse 22, this person has to have discovered their identity and destiny in Christ. Why? Because God is evaluating their heart in verse 24. This person had to be with Jesus like we were in verse 22 again. This person actually is also going to be called into apostleship in verse 25. And church, our disciple-making structure as we've built it now in Rhythm 3 groups, our R3 groups, we've built this disciple-making structure to reflect the Gospels and Acts. Uh, because the church, like I said last week, has failed us in many ways because of our old wineskin, our old structure. So we've said, okay, we have this new wine. Now we need a new wineskin. So let's Let's move forward in a new structure. And for us, that's our three groups. We're not saying that's the answer to everything. It's just what we're trying right now uh, as we're hearing God in this moment right now. And we're trying to do the best we can in hearing God right now with as much wisdom and knowledge that we have right now to do this. So that's where our three groups have, have come from, our three. But the goal of that is to develop and empower you to be more like Jesus today than you were yesterday to develop you and empower you for that purpose. That means we're trying to move you from complacent, comfortable, consumer Christianity, where you just say, Jesus, you can be a part of my life, to a full kingdom identity and a discipleship destiny where Jesus is your 
life, as Paul says in Colossians chapter 3. That means that you're going to have to be shaken a little bit. That means you're going to have to go into some uncomfortable places. That means you're going to have to say no to some good things in the world and a lot of bad things. That means that uh, you're going to have to reevaluate where your life is right now. And guys, as I turned 40 last week, Archie and I, Jonathan, some others in our church, we know this. And the decade in your 40s is where you start to really evaluate your life and you start to say, am I where I thought I would be at this age? Am I where I should be? Is this, I, I thought I'd be somewhere different. That's where when midlife crises start and then kind of take fruition in your 50s uh, because you start to be, become unsatisfied. Most of you guys aren't there yet. So start asking those questions now so you don't get there later. Because if you ask them now, you will actually be like me where I'm like, and I love where I'm at um, and into your 40s. And you'll start to live out this kingdom identity and this discipleship destiny more easily as you follow Jesus. If you ask those questions now, because complacent, comfortable consumer Christianity keeps us, keeps us away from those questions. We're trying to shake you out. That's what R3 does. That's why we're, we're trying to, uh, we're trying to um, encourage you and exhort you and, and, and push us forward and, and say, let's go. We can do this. And, and I know, um, and, and so anyways, that's, that's what's happening here in this passage. And I know that for many of you, that can be uneasy. That can be uncomfortable. And it can bring up feelings of inadequacy and that you're unequipped. And guys, I've dealt with all of those feelings in my journey with Christ. And, and what, what those feelings do all the time for me is they push me into further dependence and trust in the Lord. And so push yourself onto Jesus because guess what? Two things. One, you are inadequate. You are a weak vessel. You are a jar of clay. You are going to break. You are going to fall. You are going to fail. And, and Jesus is going to pick you up. Think about justice in this passage, not justice, justice, Barsabbas uh, is his other name. The guy who the lot fell on, who, who was, who became the 12th disciple, justice. He was being called to be an apostle with Peter who walked on water. How inadequate do you think justice felt, right? Like, these guys are like celebrities to him, right? And now he's like the understudy almost, and he comes in here, and, and Peter has walked on water. At least he tried to. Uh, but he did for a few steps, right? More than any of us have. And, and he's, he's uh, and, and this is Peter, right? Oh, my gosh, Peter here. Yeah, he denied Jesus three times, but now he's the leader. Um, so... So Peter here, how inadequate did justice feel? Think about John, the, the apostle. I mean, he was Jesus' bosom buddy. Like, he would lay his head on Jesus' lap in his bosom, right? Like there, there was, he calls himself the disciple Jesus loved. <laughs> um, and that, that's funny, guys. Uh, right? Okay, I got a little bit of laughter in the studio. So 
Uh, and, and just as coming up, he's like, oh my gosh, that's the Apostle John. I mean, think about James. James witnessed the transfiguration where Moses and Elijah appeared and Jesus transformed into, into his glorious self, right? And, and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm here with these guys. And then the rest of the guys, like Thomas and Nathaniel, Bartholomew, those guys, think about those guys just as like, man, these guys are the hands that fed the 5,000. These guys were the hands that fed the 4,000. These guys have been healing people. They've been doing all these things. And, and I'm going to be one of the 12. How inadequate and, and under-equipped, maybe ill-equipped did justice feel, right? But God doesn't look at that. What's he look at, the scripture says here? His heart. The motivation of his heart. And only God can know that. And that's why the lot falls on him. And number two, guys, to this is we're here to equip you. Right? You may still feel inadequate, but we are here. That's what the church community is for. That's what your leaders are for. We're here to equip the saints for ministry, according to Ephesians 4. And we're here to do that for you. And so let's, let's forget all the stuff about inadequacy, being ill-equipped. We know you are. Now, embrace that yourself, and let's fully rely on the Spirit together to multiply our discipleship destiny. But what this is going to mean, guys, is going to mean dying to yourself. That's your discipleship destiny. It's going to mean carrying your cross daily. That's your discipleship destiny. It's going to mean speaking truth in love, not shying away from that. That's your discipleship destiny. It's going to mean rejecting the ways of this world, at least some of them, right? Not everything in the world is bad, but, but the bad ways of the world and, and the desires of your heart that come with it. That's your discipleship destiny. It means, it, but guys, it also means abundant life. That's your discipleship destiny. You get to multiply that. It means the peace that surpasses all understanding. You get to multiply that discipleship destiny. It means the zeal of the Lord. You get to multiply that in other people. It means the power, the love, the joy of the Holy Spirit. That's what you're multiplying in other people in your discipleship destiny. You're going to do that. You're going to multiply goodness, things that are eternal, that are not ephemeral and fading away, but things that are eternal and forever. And because Jesus was sent, he says in John chapter 17 and chapter 20, he says, so we are sent into the world. So you're multiplying apostleship because because he was sent, he says, I'm sending you as my disciples in the world. The last words here in, in Acts chapter 1-8, right? He's like, I'm sending you to be my witnesses, witness to the resurrection, witnesses of the Holy Spirit, witnesses of all that I am, all that I say, all that I do, all that I teach, and who I am, and I share that with everybody. And Jesus says, also in the Gospels, that those who have a childlike faith are the ones who truly see and enter the kingdom of God. In that childlike faith, I wanted to change the world. I wanted to be just like Jesus when I grew up. And I just trusted and depended on him for that. But somewhere along my journey, in, through university, I lost that along the way. 
And it wasn't until I was faced with my discipleship destiny after university and then pushed it away and then said, no, this is my destiny. As a follower of Jesus, this is my destiny. That I embraced it, accepted it, clothed myself in Christ Jesus and said, you are my life. You are my life. And I regained it then, and I haven't lost it since. That discipleship destiny. It's why I'm here. It's why I'm here in this space. It's why there's a Trinity Life Church. It's why you're here. It's why you're watching this right now and listening to these words right now, because we have a shared destiny. My destiny and how I live it out affects your destiny and how you live it out. Your destiny and how you live it out affects my discipleship destiny and how I live it out. We share it. We're co-heirs with Christ. And I'm inviting you this morning to renew your childlike faith and say, Jesus, I want to be like you when I grow up. I want to be just like you. I want to be all the things that you are. I want to multiply my discipleship destiny just like you did. I don't want to multiply these things in the world. I want to multiply who you are for eternity for this world. And whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, hearing this for the first time or have heard this before, let's renew our childlike faith this morning in who Jesus is and be just like him when we grow up and mature in the faith. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank that it is true, that it is holy, that it is so very precious, that it guides us, it directs us, form us into your image, renew our discipleship destiny in us this morning as a church and as a people, as individuals, to carry out your mission in this world. In your name, amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.